What up, ballers? Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast here on YouTube, where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code, and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. This is Basketball at the Bar. Grab your drinks, and let's go, Calvin. It's Thursday. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. It is a a beautiful day here in Maui, Hawaii. It's about uh, 81 degrees outside, slightly breezy, no clouds. Uh, A beautiful day to go to the beach, and we're here in the studio breaking down basketball. That's true. It's always a beautiful day in Maui, though, right? There's plenty of other opportunities to go to the beach. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to my guy, Stephen Rose, here in the chat. What's up, Stephen? Hope you are enjoying your day. Thank you for joining us again. We greatly appreciate it. We got a full show for you today. On today's show, we talk about some injury updates uh, about Chris Middleton, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. We make fun at Rudy Gobert and uh, his B problem. We talk about uh, the two games that happened last night, recapping the Bulls lost to the Bucks, the Nuggets lost to the Warriors. Uh, we talk about both of those teams and what we can expect from them this offseason. Then we give a preview of all three games that are happening today. Sixers, Raptors, Suns, Pelicans, Mavericks, Jazz. And then we finish the show, as always, with Q&A. You guys, the Barflies. Yeah, another loaded day. Uh, It is starting to get a little bit lighter, though, right? Only one game on Friday all of a sudden. Yeah, that's wild. And uh, as you might know, I will be on the road on Friday, so Calvin will be running the show here in the studio Um, I'll be on my way to California tonight on the red eye. So uh, fun times ahead. I'm going to a wedding this weekend. It's going to be a ton of fun. All right, Calvin, let's jump here into today's show. You want to give an update on Chris Middleton? Yeah, very unfortunate news coming out of Milwaukee today. The, The Bucks are expecting and fearing that Chris Middleton will not be available at all for any game in this Eastern Conference semis series matchup with the Boston Celtics still recovering from that grade two MCL sprain in his left knee. Yeah, that's rough for them. Uh, you know, Bucks fans were celebrating last night. I don't know if they're celebrating as much today. What's up, Mike? Good to see you here in the chat. Yeah, Mavs. Mavs are looking great. Uh, we have some good news on Devin Booker, right? Yeah, unlike Milwaukee, both Phoenix and Utah getting some good news today on the injury front. Devin Booker is expected to play in Game 6 tonight in New wow. Orleans. Very, very surprising. Originally, the, the report was that he might be ready to go for Game 7. He's still going to be a game-time decision. They have to wait and see how he performs in warm-ups. Um, yep. If he feels good enough to play, though, he's going to play tonight. Tricky situation here, right? You want him on the court, but at the same time, we know about the hamstring injuries and, and how long they can last. And also, uh, you know, further damage can be done. If they're going to make another run to make it to the finals this year, they need Devin Booker healthy. Yeah. Do you think they might be rushing him back a little bit here? They're facing an eight seed that's like over 10 games under 500. Um, well, I don't know. It's hard to make that determination. Um, and, Mike, that's a Woj bomb, by the way. Woj reported that Booker would be ready to play tonight. Yeah. It's easy to say if he comes out and re-aggravates the injury that they rushed him back, right? Yeah. But on the other side of the coin, you've got a Dallas-Utah series that could also potentially go seven games. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get a little bit extra rest. You need to close it out on the road tonight. So there is an argument to be made uh, to play him. 
Yeah. Obviously, right? Yeah, and they are going to New Orleans to play. Uh, New Orleans has played really well at home. And, you know, the last thing the Phoenix Suns want is a seven-game series in the first round here against the eighth yep. seed. Because we all know how seven-game series go, right? Anybody can win game yeah. seven. Yeah. Right now, they have two games to close it out. They need to win one of these next two games to advance. So, uh, interesting move by Phoenix. Uh, we'll see what happens. And you mentioned uh, Donovan Mitchell. You want to give an update on him and then also kind of dive into this interesting Rudy Gobert situation? Yeah, so real quickly, Donovan Mitchell is uh, in, the, in the lineup tonight. He's going to play. He's dealing with two bruised quads uh, and a hamstring injury that apparently doesn't exist anymore. It's now just the quads. But uh, he is expected to go, and hopefully he's at 100% for Utah's sake because I don't see how they pull this, this thing out without Donovan Mitchell playing yep. like Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert ends up on the injury report a bit of an interesting way. <laughs> Apparently, he has a beehive at his house. Yeah. He was stung in the face by one of his bees Wow. today. Uh, I believe he got stung on the nose. There's some pictures floating around social media of him with a, a swollen face. And uh, it's got all kinds of fun memes blowing up Instagram and Twitter right now. Utah needs to believe tonight <laughs> in game six so weird I, I don't even know if that's injury report you know like i, I know right worthy. It, it's just crazy but good news for mike and his dallas mavericks and uh he is such a weirdo yeah i mean i didn't know bees could fly that high but uh <laughs> interesting interesting for them we'll see what happens and uh you think he's going to put some makeup on that or he's just going to run around is he going to have like a mask on or i think he's going to be yeah no all uh He's going to be just out there in the open, swollen face and all. They got to do something. You, these guys have access to everything, right? There's got to be something that can uh, try and eliminate some of the inflammation. Uh, but, yeah, I think we're going to notice it tonight for sure, especially if he's on the free throw line, which we know he'll be on the free throw line. He'll be line. on the free throw line. And if I'm, uh, and often. If I'm Dallas, I'm going to make sure this guy is shooting the most free throws on the Utah oh, Jazz yeah. so that I can get this thing uh, closed out and move on. All right, speaking of moving on, we're moving on here. Let's talk about last night. We had two games. Uh, you know, I, I know this is a, a depressing one for you, Calvin. The Chicago Bulls are officially eliminated from playoff contention by the Milwaukee Bucks. No Zach Levine. Uh, still in the health and safety protocols. Unfortunate for him. Uh, there's also a report that he might be dealing with some uh, knee injuries that's been lingering. Maybe he'll have surgery this offseason. In the next section here, we'll dive in a little bit deeper on what the Bulls need to do this offseason to come back strong next season. But officially, they lost this game 116-100 to the Milwaukee Bucks. 23 points from Patrick Williams, 19 from Vucevic, and 16 rebounds for him. 17 off the bench for Kobe White. But it was Giannis's night. 33 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. He gets the win, and they move on. Yeah, I mean, it, there's not really much to break down here. The, the Bulls were just missing too many pieces, right? Like, yeah. how, how can you – you don't stand a chance against the defending champs uh, missing that many key pieces. And and the give credit to the Bucks, right? Like, they had a great game plan for this series. Chicago, percentage-wise, shot the three-point shot very well this year. Um, but they attempted the fewest in the NBA. So the game plan was pack the paint. Nothing inside, nothing easy for DeRozan. Double-team yep. him every time and force 
Vucevic and these other guys to hit three-point shots, and the Bulls just could not do that. They had the, the lowest offensive efficiency of any team in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, they got a win here. And they got one win out of this whole series. Uh, you know, that's the best you could ask for, given the circumstances, missing players, all this stuff. Um, still high on the Bulls going into next season. But like I said, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. I do want to give a shout-out to Bobby Portis. This guy has been surprising, and I know he's playing against his old team. 14 points, 17 rebounds for him. Uh, you know, just watching the highlights, it was like Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis. He's done this all year for them. Stepped yeah. up huge for Milwaukee when Brooke Lopez was out after having back surgery. He's He had arguably his best, the best year of his career, and it's continuing in the postseason. Yeah, many people in Chicago thought he might be the next Michael Jordan after he punched somebody in practice. Uh, that didn't, unfortunately, work out for him. He bounced around a little bit. I think he's found a good home here in Milwaukee, and he's definitely helping them move uh, back to the playoffs. I also want to give a shout-out to Pat Connington, 20 points for him in this game, and Grayson Allen. Uh, this guy's almost come out of nowhere. He's playing like no one expected him to do this in the pros 13 points for him five rebounds and assists a steal uh he was all over the court he's really stepped up he had maybe the best uh games of his season both regular and postseason against chicago uh, of course there's the ongoing joke now that the bucks fans are booing him even at home when he comes in <laughs> because he's embracing the villain role uh he they're gonna need him to keep continue to give that production in the next round. I don't know if it's going to be doable. A lot more difficult of a task for him to score like that against the Boston Celtics than the Chicago Bulls. But without Chris Middleton, they're definitely going to need him to keep uh, to keep this up a little bit longer. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the unfortunate news about Chris Middleton. Uh, but, you know, we had talked about earlier, Dante DiVincenzo, not that he's this amazing player that, you know, saves the Bucks or anything, but... I thought he was a, a decent loss for them. This guy steps in, and Grayson Allen's been filling that need uh, as kind of the scrappy guy that, that can make some buckets when needed. He's definitely impressed me so far, but like you said, it'll be interesting to see what he does moving into the next series against the Boston Celtics. Yeah, whole other world in Boston. It is, it is. And then he's going to be facing guys like Marcus Smart, yep. Defensive Player of the Year, uh, and what he can really do on the offense and defensive end of the floor is going to be interesting to see. Absolutely. Anything else you want to mention in this game? Better luck next year, Chicago. Thanks for the uh, condolences, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they are officially going fishing. Uh, but next up, we have um, Denver went to Golden State to face the Warriors. This game was actually a really close game. It was a great game to Denver watch. was up the majority of this game. Um but then again, you know, it's Golden State. They come back. Steph Curry hit a bunch of threes in this game. You know, it's so, like, it just breaks your soul yeah. when Steph Curry makes these oh, shots. Oh, yeah, just ask Jokic. You can see it on his face yeah. in the fourth quarter when he hits that wing three right over him. He actually yep. hit two in a row over Jokic, but... Man, he was so defeated after that shot went in. Yeah. That's Jokic, what Steph Curry does to you. It, it is. It really is. Jokic had an incredible game. We, we know he had a couple 37-point games in this series. He followed it up with another one, 30 points, 19 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. Uh, I don't really like the turnover numbers here, 6 turnovers. But the dude is doing everything 
for the Denver Nuggets, missing their second and third best player. Uh, Aaron Gordon puts in 15 points, 14 for Will Barton, 14 for uh, Morris, and then 19 huge points by DeMarcus Cousins off the bench playing against his old team. But it just wasn't enough. This Golden State Warriors team is looking like what we mentioned last episode. They are a title favorite here in the West. Uh, Draymond Green hit a three in this game. You know when he's hitting threes, the Warriors are definitely hard to stop. 11 points for him, 12 for Wiggins in this game, 30 points for Curry, 15 for Thompson, and 15 big points off the bench by Gary Payton, the second uh, incredible performance by the Warriors, incredible performance by the Denver Nuggets, just an exciting game to watch for fans. But the Warriors close out the season 4-1, and they advance to the next round. Hey, yeah, absolutely. It, Steph was big, Jokic was big, but teams that win in the postseason, they get timely performances from people you don't expect, right? That yep. You have to have some of those at some point if you're going to make a finals run. Gary Payton II gave the Warriors that timely performance last night with a bunch of really big threes there in the second half. Uh, and ultimately, that's that's what uh, it takes for the Warriors to move on here. And you heard Steph after the game saying, it's been a while since we had to close a team out before. We forgot what that was like. Yeah. Uh, that is another thing that should be very worrisome if you're the other teams in the Western Conference. The fact that... The Warriors still maybe haven't found their stride yet, mm-hmm. but they're looking like the favorites to win the NBA title. First playoff series win at the new Chase Center. Uh, you know, this is what Golden State Warriors fans have been waiting for. And then, like you mentioned, you know, players that you don't really expect to step up, step up for this team. And for me, that's just what happens when you have a good franchise with a good system, good coaching staff. You put guys in a position to succeed. Everybody that's in the NBA has been the best player on their team at one point in their life, uh, if not multiple teams. These guys are all capable of doing things. They're in the league for a reason. They're either a specialist or an all-around good player. Golden State does exactly that. They put these guys in a position to succeed, and it helps when you have guys like Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson on the court uh, because the attention is is kind of drawn away from these guys, and it almost feels like there's no pressure on the role players of the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does feel that way. It's a uh, it's pretty incredible. Uh, I mean, outside of Steph Curry, who's been the most impressive player for you on the Warriors team? Uh, you know, this playoff run. Man, that's tough. I mean, I think you could easily pick Draymond here. He's never going to stand out in terms of scoring, but like we talked about before, just how important he is to this team in every other aspect of the game. Um, And some stuff you can't even find in the stat sheet, just his ability to get Steph and Clay open for shots, whether it's off the dribble um, or dribble handoff, something like that, screens, uh, his defensive intent you know Jokic had a great series don't get me wrong but great season Draymond Green who's given up a ton of size just continued to body him inside all series long Um, I think that's a very underrated thing here Uh, and my other pick would be Clay Thompson uh, just because you really didn't know what this guy was going to look like in his first playoff series in three years Um, yeah he had some great games down the stretch of the regular season but would it be the same in a a playoff intensity type atmosphere mm-hmm. and he's looked you know every bit as good as he used to be offensively for sure yeah early on in the series I would have taken Jordan Poole 
Um, but he's, you know, cooled off a little bit here with the return of Steph Curry. Maybe that's just the fact that they haven't needed him to do all this stuff because Steph is available. He's back in the starting lineup. Uh, but just it's hard to choose because this team just has so many young, yeah. talented players that are ready to back up these veterans uh, that already have championship rings. And, you know, I would not be surprised if they find themselves back in the NBA Finals. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. All right, let's talk a little bit more here about the Nuggets. Um, you know, they, for a team that lost 4-1, they were very competitive in this series, right? Especially this last game. We see elimination games where sometimes teams just kind of, you know, just lay down and lose. Um, we saw an altercation early on in this series between some of their bench players. We also saw that with the Miami Heat finishing out the season. Sometimes this propels teams. Sometimes it kills teams. Um, I want to know the difference or, or your thoughts on the difference between, you know, the scuffle on the Heat bench, the scuffle on the Nuggets bench, and why they're a little different. Well, I'm not so sure how different they really are, but the only differences that I can really see between those two instances is the Miami scuffle was between the leaders of that team, yep. Jimmy Butler and Eric Spoelstra. The Nuggets scuffled. DeMarcus Cousins, in my opinion, is not a leader at all. Yeah, um, because you got to lead by example, and he he uh, has he leads by example with his play on the court. Yeah, but he doesn't do it any other way. Not me. a great example off the court. Not a great example. So that's the only difference I can see between the two. Um, and I'm not saying that that. That's the only, or that's the reason why Denver lost this series and Miami went on to win their first round series, because I don't think that's true at all. Um, but I, I do think something, there is something to be said when your best player and your team leader yep. is the guy in the middle of that, mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, a, a role player. Basically, is yep. what I'm saying here. Yeah, I I think it's more of, you know. As you mentioned, best player, coach getting into it, they both have the same goal, right? And that's improving this team, getting them to where they should be. And there's either a miscommunication or they're like, hey, we're not here right now and this is where we need to get to go to. What can we do to get there? Maybe they have a, a difference of opinion, um, but they're both fighting for the same thing. And that's to improve their team versus this scuffle on the Nuggets bench. Don't get me wrong. The Nuggets want to win games. They do. Of course. But for me, it was more of a, just like a frustration with each other. You know, it, it was, you know, you guys are not playing like me and I need you to play like me or, or I did this. You were supposed to do this. You didn't do that. It wasn't the big picture. It was more of like an emotional in the moment frustration instead of this is a, a defining moment of our season and of our team, and we need to do this if we're going to get to where we want to be. Yeah, I agree with that. I think timing is a big factor in both of these instances too, right? Yeah. Like Miami's scuffle happens towards the tail end of the regular season, mm -hmm. and it helps get them on track for where they need to be in the postseason. Yep. Denver's bench scuffle comes in the middle of the first-round series when yep. they're getting blown out. And they're, they're wondering, how the hell do we fix this problem? You know, it, it's too little too late at that point. Exactly. And I thought you had a good point here. Just because we're talking about these scuffles and the differences does not mean the Nuggets 
we're going to win this series or lose yeah. this series based on this scuffle. You know, we did talk about how the heat scuffle helped the team move forward. Uh, and, yeah, I think it's you, you hit it right on the head there. It's because the leaders were fighting over how to make this team better instead of frustration with each other. So uh, some, some good points there, I think, Calvin. All right, so let's talk about fishing. I like fishing. I know you like fishing. Yeah, who uh, doesn't like fishing? I know Paul George likes fishing. He loves fishing. And uh, he's fishing already, so that's good for he's him. He's been fishing. He's, he's been fishing. Um, ben Simmons is fishing. Yes. Now we have two more teams that are now fishing. Chicago Bulls and the Denver Nuggets. Yep. Let's dive here a little deeper into the Chicago Bulls. You know, I, I know as a Bulls fan, Calvin, you are emotionally invested in the team, in the season. You want them to do well. Let's dive here into the roster and talk about how they can get better next season. If I were to mention any team in the NBA about turning it around, Chicago Bulls is the top of my list, right? Missed the playoffs last season. We're not looking too good. They had a guy in Zach Levine. They traded for a center. But all the moves they made this offseason really propelled them into this season. They had the best record in the East at one point this year. For a while. And unfortunately, injuries happen. You know, they did not get matched up uh, very well for them in the playoffs and unfortunately lose in the first round. But they have another offseason here to build and get them back to where they actually want to be. And that's probably in the NBA Finals and winning an NBA championship. Uh, it's been a while since that's happened for them. So looking here at the roster, you know, you have DeMar DeRozan. He was your big signing last offseason. He's got two more years under under contract with them. You got Vucevic, one more year. Zach Levine, uh, question marks here. They were not able big to work out mark. an extension. Uh, you mentioned he's potentially getting knee surgery this offseason. He's going to be a highly coveted guy on the free agent yep. market. So Chicago's going to have to pay him. They brought in Lonzo Ball. He's been dealing with injuries. He's still under contract for three more years. They got to figure out what they're doing with Derek Jones. His rookie contract is over. They brought in Alex Caruso. He's locked in for three more years. Patrick Williams has got two more years. Kobe White's got another year. Um, and then, you know, they also have the 18th pick in this year's draft. So, Calvin, I want to hear from you. What do the Chicago Bulls need to do this offseason to come back stronger next year? Well, it's pretty easy for me. They need to get healthy. I mean, I, I think that if you have this same group together for a full season, you know, the, the sky is potentially the limit here. Um, Zach Levine, like you mentioned, is the big question mark because he's an unrestricted free agent. Do they uh, – he's going to probably have off-season knee surgery. So <clears throat> what does that – uh, factor into their decision-making on how much to pay him. Do they offer him a max contract? All of that stuff. I expect that they still will do that. Um, I think seeing how good this team was for a very short period of time this year together is enough uh, of optimistic reason to say let's run it back next year and see if we can just get this team to be fully healthy. I mean, e even guys like Patrick Williams, for example, who had a great game last night, he only played 17 games during the regular season. Mm -hmm. So th this Bulls team was completely decimated all season long. Um, I think that their first priority is let's just get everybody back to training camp healthy and go from there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
and you know this will be their second official season if they're able to bring all these guys back uh all playing together building chemistry uh you know getting on the same page with the coaching staff there's been times this season a lot of times where they looked fantastic they look like the best team in the eastern conference you know Part of that is what they did. Part of that is, you know, some of these other teams were dealing with injuries as well. Uh, you know, Brooklyn, we know what happened with them and all those drama, stuff like that. But I agree with you. Zach Levine, number one, he needs to come back. They need to get healthy. Um, I think they need to add a little bit more talent. Maybe some more bench depth will help them survive some of these injuries because injuries are part of the season. Um, as far as the draft goes, any thoughts on, on what to do with this draft pick? Um, I, you know, I'd have to look a little bit further into that. I haven't quite made that, that pro that determination or that gotten through that process yet. Um, they're, they're a pretty balanced team. I, I mean, yeah, you mentioned bench depth, but everybody's bench depth looks bad when you have to play bench players as starters for the majority yeah. of the season. Right. Yeah. So they, their first and one, pretty much their only priority this off season is health. I, I would okay. say. Um, I'm just looking here at a mock draft. They're projected 18, Walker, Kessler, center out of Auburn. Any thoughts on him? Do you know him? I have no idea who this is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's a, a solid uh, interior rim protector, you know, played for an Auburn team that was a pretty good defensive team all year long. They struggled, you know, mightily uh, scoring the basketball through parts of the season. But uh, I, I could definitely see the Bulls going for some more depth at the center position. You know, they ask a lot of Vucevic. Um, he's another guy that took a lot of bumps and bruises over the course of the regular season. They lost um, Daniel Gafford last year. Mm -hmm. We saw <coughs> excuse me, start a bunch of games for the Washington Wizards this year. So uh, depth at the center position is definitely a, a realistic possibility for them. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the stats here. He's 7-1, averaged 16 and 11 on the season. An amazing 6.4 6 blocks per game and one and a half steals. Uh, I think he could definitely help them inside for sure. Uh, you know, I, I love Vucevic a lot, but uh, Vucevic is, is not the rim protector that this guy appears to be. So No, not even close. It, it, could, definitely, it could definitely help them. Anything else you want to mention about the Bulls before we move on here? Uh, no, just <coughs> excuse me. Just uh, they they got an exciting off season ahead of them, um, and <coughs> Flame. Uh, they don't have a lot of cap space, but if you're willing to pay the luxury tax for a win now team, you know we've definitely seen teams do that in the past. So <laughs> it's all a question of how much money do they want to spend. Yeah, and you know they do have the bird rights to Zach Levine, so they can go over the salary cap to bring him back. So no worries there. I also got to highlight uh, Mike Monticello's comment here in the chat. Ben Simmons said his back is too sore to fish. That's hilarious. Uh, we'll see. Depends on how stressed he is, right? All right. So as far as the Denver Nuggets go, you know, high hopes for them this season. High hopes for them last season. Uh, I think they do have the MVP on their roster. They've dealt with a ton of injuries. Unfortunately, they match up with a Golden State Warriors team that was getting healthy at the right time. They lose in the first round four games to one. Jokic plays incredible, but he doesn't really get much help. So I want to look at this roster. I want to break down uh, you know, some of these players, some of these contracts, and let's talk about what they can do to improve this offseason to get back where they want to be. First off, Jamal Murray. 
He's only 25. He missed the entire season due to injury. He's locked up for three more years. He's under contract next year for almost $34 million. Jokic is under contract for one more year at $32 million. I know he's eligible for a Supermax contract extension. He said he will sign that extension. Uh, we have not heard anything from the Nuggets yet, but I think it's a foregone, foregone conclusion at this point that uh, they should offer him that deal. He's only 27. He could be winning his second MVP award in two seasons. And uh, he's been huge for them. He does everything for that team. Next up, Aaron Gordon. He's under contract for four more years, $19.6 million next season. He's still only 26, which is amazing because yeah. we've seen him in the dunk contest. It feels like he's been in the league for 10 years already. Uh, Will Barton is under contract. The last year of his contract, $16 million. Monte Morris, $9 million, uh, and he's got two years left. Jermichael Green's got a year left, $8 million. And then Michael Porter Jr., who missed – you know, the second half of this season due to a back injury, back surgery. He's only 23 years old, but he just signed a huge contract extension, which starts next season. First year of that deal is $29.7 million. It's a five-year deal, so they are going to have him under contract for a while. Jeff Green's got a player option at $4.5 million. And after that, you know, that's pretty much the entire salary cap plus for me. Yeah. They do have a draft pick this offseason, um, pick number 21. Calvin, what are your thoughts on this team and how they move forward this offseason, how they improve and uh, get back to the Western Conference Finals and potentially compete for a championship because we know that's what all the Denver Nuggets fans and the players want. Yeah, well, a lot like Chicago, they need to get healthy, right? I yep. mean, Jamal Murray and, and Michael Porter Jr. combined to play nine games this season. Wow. That's for two guys that are going to be making over $60 million between the two of them next season. Mm -hmm. They need them on the court for sure. Um, <clears throat> I think they need to look at bench depth as well. You know, Jeff Green is has been a great player in this league for a long time. How much more does he have left in the tank? Um Jamichael Green, I think you can say the same thing. That I think they like him as a player. Uh, Bones Highland has definitely been a, a good surprise for them this season. So they've got a lot of really good pieces. Uh, I think, again, they just need to get healthy and, and try to run this thing back. Yeah. You know, Jokic took this team to the playoffs by himself, basically, yep. this year. You add Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. into that, that's a dangerous team. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, Depending on what, on what the front office and management want to do with this roster, they really have no choice but to run it back next season, right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know who's going to trade for Michael Porter Jr. And don't get me wrong, I love Michael Porter Jr. I've been watching him since high school. Uh, I'm very, very high on Michael Porter Jr., but he just continues to have these back injuries. He's still only 23 years old, but, you know, five more years on this contract making – 29 million, 32 million, 34 million, 36 million, 39 million. They're stuck with him for better or worse. Uh, Jamal Murray, amazing player, missed the entire season. He's still only 25 years old. He absolutely killed it in the playoffs for them last season and all last season. Um, I think you're going to keep him. You're going to keep Jokic, obviously. What do you do with Aaron Gordon? Is he the real answer for you at the four position? Um, but the three main guys in Murray, Jokic, and Porter, 
you're going to run it back with them. You're right. They need to get healthy. Uh, maybe they need to try and, you know, add some more be- bench depth. Like we said, same with Chicago. DeMarcus Cousins has played well for them. Uh, yeah, that was a good sign. He, he's only making, you know, $700,000 this season. It'll be interesting to see what he uh, demands or, or wants this next season. Um, he's burned some bridges with some players, some coaches, and some teams in this league. I know he has a great relationship with Michael Malone after uh, what they did together in Sacramento. But he's getting a little older, too. He's 31 years old. Yeah. He's dealt with a ton of different injuries. For a big man, you know, injuries, especially leg injuries, stuff like that, can spell doom. He hasn't looked like they've really affected him much in the limited time he has played for them. But does he come back for this team? We're not quite sure. Uh, what do they do with the draft pick? Um, who's all going to be available? But uh, I see this team being quite similar next season. Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. And and part of that is, like, you just went over with the salary cap. They don't have a lot of uh, flexibility here, especially if they're going to offer Jokic that Supermax contract, which we all kind of feel like they will do or they should do. Um, so, yeah, they're they're kind of they're kind of stuck at, at this point. They're, they're relying on these young guys to come back healthy and ready to play next season. Do you think there's any chance the Nuggets don't offer Jokic the extension? I, I think there's a very little chance they don't but the michael porter jr contract is yeah. what i'm worried about if i'm denver you know f- from a financial standpoint obviously you want to keep Jokic. you you yeah. know you have to pay He's your him. star player but that michael porter jr contract is is going to be a huge liability for them if he's not ready to start next season so yeah. i i don't think there's a very i don't think there's a big chance that they don't offer him this extension but from a a front office standpoint you got to be a little nervous yeah yeah i think they offer him times out of 10 uh i think this just in today's nba you got to do it because if you don't pay him somebody else is going to um, you can't let him get away that's for sure yeah and then what do you do you're stuck with michael porter jr and jamal murray who i mean there's already rumors about Jokic to dallas so he can team up with luca and all that stuff Denver needs to nip that in the bud right away. Oh, yeah. That that would be an amazing lineup. It really would be. be. fun. What's up, Key Kings? Good to see you here. Thank you for joining us. If you're Denver, I mean, talking about this contract extension issue, like, are, do you have any concerns with Jokic? Because for me, it's like no shade on Jokic. Amazing player. Like, he deserves everything he's he's done so far in the league. Like, no shade at all. They chose him over Nurkic. They end up trading Nurkic. Um, he doesn't have a typical basketball body, right? He's a big guy. Um, he plays incredible. He hasn't really had many injuries either, which is which is strange. Um, but do you have any concerns about his durability as he starts to get older? You know, we haven't heard the things about him like we heard about James Harden, doesn't take care of his body, stuff like this. But if you look at Jokic, he doesn't look like he's in the best shape of his life, right? No, he doesn't look like that. But I'm I'm not worried about him from a physical standpoint. I mean, he doesn't play above the rim. Uh, he's a very smooth and, you know, kind of like Luka in a way. These yeah. guys, they don't really put themselves in uh high risk high injury risk situations very often on a basketball court and, and he's huge like the the only thing that 
you worry about is other guys, you know, constantly hacking him and whacking him, and over the t- over time, how how uh, does do those hits add up, or you know, yeah. do they take a toll? But uh, the guy is he's the best big man in the game. You know, I mean, him mm-hmm. and Embiid for me are are one and two, maybe even one A, one B. Um, he's a truly, truly special player. He, he's so special of a player that you pay him the max contract, even though he is a defensive liability. Like, that's just how good he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm paying him. The dude is amazing. And you mentioned other players, you know, beating on him. We saw one of the Morris twins try and do that this season. Didn't work out very well for work him. Out very well. Uh, he runs up to him and tries to hit him, bounces off of him. Yeah. Jokic is just a huge human being. And uh, it, it's amazing all the things he can do on the basketball court and with the basketball at his size. Uh, it, it's just truly incredible. I'm paying him. I, I'm not having any concerns. You know, you mentioned Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, uh, both out due to injuries this season. I have a lot more concerns about those two guys than I do Jokic. Definitely. And if you're a team, you got to choose at least one guy, your franchise player, and run with him. There's a lot of worse franchise players in the league than Jokic. Oh, yeah. yeah. And are. I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I'm just saying I'm sticking with this guy, and I'm going as far as he takes us. 100%. And this season he took us to the playoffs with nobody else. By himself. Really. Yeah, which is no, the, the shout numbers, out to him. Numbers speak for themselves. Shout out to him. All right, Calvin, let's move on here. Um, we have three games today which is one more game than we had yesterday. So it's exciting. Three more basketball. Today. And, uh, you know, they uh, they still don't listen to me about staggering these games, so I'm going to have to try and watch two games at the same time. Um, but that's okay. So first off, Philadelphia goes to Toronto. No Matisse Thibel in this game due to uh, the vaccination status. Philadelphia is up 3-2. James Harden has not played too well in this series. I think he's averaged like 18 points a game on like 30-something percent shooting. 37 percent. Nine assists a game. Embiid is dealing with the the ligament injury and the thumb. What are your thoughts on this game? That seat's getting awfully hot in Philadelphia. I am very worried if I'm the Philadelphia 76ers going into Toronto for this game six. I think Toronto wins this game and forces a game seven. The only way that they don't is if James Harden comes out yep. and plays, uh, has a, a really, really strong game. Um, he's got to be more efficient. He's got to look, try to get to the free throw line, get himself going, um, and, and he's got to shoot better. He, he has to be able to stretch the floor. The Embiid injury really worries me. I think every, it's announced that he's probably going to have offseason surgery mm-hmm. on that thumb. Um, I think every game that he plays, it might get a little bit worse for him. So that just means there's more uh, emphasis and more pressure on James Harden to have a good game. And Toronto is really clicking right now. Getting Scotty Barnes back, even though they lost Van Vliet, Siakam has played really, really well. OG Anobi, and Anobi has played really, really well in the series as as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I think this is going to a Game 7, which would be wild. To yeah. think about only three times in, in NBA history has a team forced a game seven down 3-0 I think we're looking at number four right here 
Yeah, and you, you already know that Doc Rivers is flustered, right? You saw his uh, press conference yesterday about everyone needs to look at the full story about why my record looks like yeah. this. And so he seems a little worried. Uh, you mentioned Fred Van Vliet's out in this game, but Scotty Barnes was able to come back, and they're playing incredibly well. I agree with you, Calvin. I think that either Tyrese Maxey or James Harden needs to have a huge game. Embiid was playing incredible at the start of this series. The thumb injury is obviously bothering him. Like, his stats have dramatically declined since the injury. Uh, he, he says, you know, it's okay. I'm going to keep playing. Yeah, I mean, no but it's painful. he's saying all the right things. Yeah, it's but. painful for him. Each time he touches the ball, you can tell he's just a little bit different of a guy. And you're right. Going to a hostile environment like Toronto, we talk about home court advantage. And uh, it's funny, Doc Rivers actually mentioned, we were in the bubble for one of these times, so there wasn't a home right, court advantage. Right. We didn't get our game six or whatever in L.A. and blah, 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 our game seven in L.A. So they're going to Toronto here. Toronto's got something to prove. And they're, play, they're playing with house money they, right they've now. They've got all the momentum so right now. All of it. I am also worried for the Philadelphia 76ers. But at the same time, they traded for James Harden for a reason. And they traded for him to not get knocked out in the first round or the oh, second round to get past that. Like this. So I could see James Harden's game here. At the same time, I could see him throwing up another dud and them losing yeah. this game and it going to a game seven. The question I have for you, and real quick, I want to just break down. Philadelphia is only favored by one and a half in this game. All these games today are basically pick them yeah. games. And ESPN's predicting a 53.4% chance of them winning. That's basically a coin toss, Yeah, which is yeah. wild. The question I have for you, Calvin, if Philadelphia loses this series, was the process worth it? Because... You know, I'm just looking back at all the draft picks that they that they had in this process. Michael Carter Williams, one uh, rookie of the year. They yeah. trade him. They draft. They trade up. They trade up. They could have taken uh, Jason Tatum. They trade up to take a guy that forgot how to shoot the <laughs> basketball, and they end up trading him away to Orlando for basically nothing. Yeah, maybe a late first round pick. Um, it seems like they've just constantly moved guys in and out of the roster. Yes, they were able to trade for Tobias Harris. They traded for Jimmy Butler, then they lost him. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the process and, and what this, if they do lose this series, what this means for this team? Well, I don't know if you judge the process based on this series alone, first of all. But in my mind, the process was absolutely worth it for one reason. Joel Embiid. I mean, this dude is, of course, he had injury concerns early on in his career. He seems to have found a way to fight through that. Uh, he's been available for them, played at an MVP-type level for the past two seasons now. Um, and, and he's a generational big man. Like he, He's one of the most dominant big men in the game today. Um, maybe one of the most dominant big men in the game in the last five to ten years so the fact that they've got him you know also you have to think they're just a few years removed from being one crazy Kawhi Leonard shot away yep. from an Eastern Conference Finals not saying that they would have won the East that year and gone to the NBA Finals but who knows I didn't it's even possible. mention number one overall pick Ben Simmons yeah 
who yeah. they traded away for James Harden, and they traded away a Seth Curry, uh, you know, some draft picks, Drummond, to bring in a guy that's not playing the greatest basketball of his career. Yeah. No, there's de- we didn't even talk about Jimmy Butler. Like, there's a ton of Jaleel Okafor moves that they've made over the past five, you know, five six years that are uh, that were questionable at the time. But I think when it is all said and done, Joel Embiid was worth every every loss that that it yeah. took for them to get to work their way through the process. Yeah, I mean, if if they lose this game and they force a game seven, I think that's a victory for all NBA fans, uh, other than Sixers fans, yeah. because yeah. it'll be exciting to see what happens at a game seven in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, maybe the Sixers fans will regret turning on Ben Simmons and, uh, you know, basically forcing him out you're, of town. You're uh, speaking too highly of Philadelphia <laughs> fans. They will not ever go back on that. But if they do lose this series, I'll be excited to talk about moves that they need to make this off. To me, this roster has one of the biggest question marks around oh, yeah. it for me, especially if they lose this series. Absolutely. All right, moving on here to the second game of the day. Another potential elimination game. All three of these games today are elimination yeah. games. All three teams are up 3-2. Let's talk about Phoenix in New Orleans. You mentioned Devin Booker is a game-time decision in this game. Could potentially play here. Likely that he plays tonight. We don't know how many minutes he'll play, but likely that he does play. It is in New Orleans. Phoenix is favored by three. Um, Just looking here at the injury report, it looks empty to me. So we might get to see a full-force Phoenix team and a full-force New Orleans team. What do you think happens in this game? Well, I, th- I think Phoenix wins this game. Um, you know, everybody's going to point to Devin Booker being back as, uh, okay, Phoenix is, you know, finally going to get some scoring back, right? Yep. But I look at, yes, obviously that's important. I think Devin Booker helps this team out in another way, though. We've seen Chris Paul have a rough go at times in this series mm-hmm. with my man Lil Sweet, yeah. GTA. Devin Booker actually gives them another guy that can bring the ball up the court Mm -hmm. consistently in those situations when the press is on. Takes a little bit of pressure off of Chris Paul. Chris Paul is also dealing with a hand injury, his left hand. Yep. Um, So I think that's underrated here in in this uh, Devin Booker situation coming back to this team. And and I think that Phoenix is able to pull this game out on the road. It's going to be a close one, I believe, but I, I like Phoenix to win. I think Mikhail Bridges is coming off his best game, obviously, of the, of the postseason. You get Devin Booker back, that means mm-hmm. he's going to get some good looks again uh, from the field. So I, I like Phoenix in this game to close it out. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. Um, I think that Booker takes the pressure off Chris Paul. <coughs> Don't get me wrong, Chris Paul is still going to be under some pressure in this game because if, if they lose this series, you know, this is – this has been a consistent thing with him, right? Is either he's injured or someone on his team is injured and his team falls short of expectations. Dude's still looking for his first ring. They fell short last year in the finals. Yep. If Devin Booker can play tonight, I don't even really care what he can do on the court. You know, if he can play a decent amount of minutes, not re-aggravate the injury, I think it is huge for the Phoenix Suns. Definitely. And if they plan on making it to the finals, they got to start closing out some of these games. Yeah. They really do. And, you know, like, you think about a guy like Chris Paul, 
head of the PA, um, has been a, a great player in the NBA, probably one of the best leaders in the NBA during his career. I think he he uh, is letting his team know how important this game is for them and for their season. And I expect him to have a huge game. I expect DeAndre Ayton to have a huge game. And I agree with you. I, I think Phoenix takes this game and the series. Uh, however, if they don't, I'm excited for another Game 7. So Who doesn't love a Game 7? Haven't seen one yet. Yeah. Best two words in sports, right? Right. Game 7. But, yeah, I agree with you. I have Phoenix winning this game as well and advancing to the second round. Did you take? Did you have a pick for Toronto to Philadelphia today? Ooh, I have not picked yet. Let, let me come back okay. to that. Let me come back to that. All right, third game of the day. Dallas goes to Utah to play Rudy Gobert and his B Beavers, The beekeepers. <laughs> they currently lead the series 3-2. Luka Doncic is back and looking every bit of himself. Uh, this, this is even, right? Straight coin toss on this game. It is in Utah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Davion Mitchell, or sorry, Donovan Mitchell is, is banged up. Uh, Rudy Gobert, uh, I have no idea how a bee sting on your face affects your game. Um, but it's going to be well, an good interesting thing is game. He's not a shooter. So. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting game. It's more basketball for us to watch here. And uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, give me Dallas in this game. Uh, I just, A, I, I, I'm done trusting the Utah Jazz. Uh, I don't, yeah. haven't believed in them for a while now. Um, I think that Dallas's game plan, their defense uh, has been too good in this series. It has been a, a close series overall, but I'm worried about how healthy Donovan Mitchell is, and he is everything for this team right now. He's one of the only reasons that they're even in mm-hmm. this series. So if he's at all limited, uh, it's got to be Dallas for me. Yeah, I think this could potentially end up being a blowout and uh, not something the Utah Jazz fans want to see. Ivan's got a good question here. Is this the final game for Quinn Snyder as Utah's coach? I've been saying it for a couple weeks now. I think this is the end of the Utah Jazz as we know it. So that probably means that Quinn Snyder will be out as well. They'll be making some big moves this offseason. And, you know, I'll be excited to talk about what they need to do to improve because just like, uh, you know, the Sixers, there's some question marks surrounding this team too. They're paying a ton of money to a guy yeah. in Rudy Gobert who is so limited. Uh, we've heard about the issues between him and Donovan Mitchell. We also saw times in this series where they seem to be on the same page, uh, and we saw Rudy Gobert game-winning dunk. So interesting to see. I, I agree with you. I got Dallas winning this game, and uh, you know I'm going to say Philadelphia wins as well. I'm oh, taking all okay. three road teams today. All three road teams. Yep. I think it's going to be a good good day of basketball. I really So do. no game sevens for you then? Unfortunately, no. At least not as far as these series go. But uh, we'll see what happens. I, I think Philadelphia's got to do something. If they don't win the game today, like, it's it's going to be hell for them. Yeah. So I, I think they got all the pressure. Um, and I, I think they'll figure out a way to come come through. But I do have a lot of concerns as well. And, you know, at the same time, I, I think that Toronto has a chance to win that game. I think uh, New Orleans has a chance to win their game as well. The only team that I feel has no chance is Utah. And you know what that means. That means they're probably <laughs> going to win the game. Win, yeah. So no offense, Mike. I, I'm still picking Dallas. Anything else you want to talk about in these three games? Uh, no, I think 
you know, we just we'll let it play out here. Okay. See how many game sevens, if any, that we we get. Which game are you most excited for? Um, probably the Dallas Utah game. Yeah. Uh, that series has been a really entertaining series, um, even though it hasn't been the highest scoring series, but it, it's been very. It's getting a lot more physical. You know, we saw Luka Doncic get into it with Hassan Whiteside um, in game four or five. And, uh, you know, two fairly evenly matched teams when they're at full strength. So I think that's the most exciting game. But I I do really like the Phoenix-New Orleans game as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I I think that the Dallas game will be very exciting. It'll probably be the closest game, maybe. We'll see, depending on how I think all of these games, all three of these games are going to be close today. But uh, for me, I'm picking Suns, Pelicans, because i got to see my guy Jose GTA out there. I want to see how many eight-seconds violations he can get on Chris (laughs) Paul. And uh, I'm just curious as to whether Devin Booker can play. What we're yeah. going to see out of him. What is he going to look like? Really That's hope for the big, Phoenix big Suns that he does not re-aggravate this injury. Uh, we saw, who was it that returned? Um, Clint Capella. Yeah. Tried to give it a go because it was an elimination game. Could only go as far as his body would take him. Have to, had to come out of the game. His team loses. Um, you know, it's not game seven yet for Phoenix. They can afford to lose this game. Just like the Sixers can afford to lose this game, and the Dallas Mavericks can afford to lose this game, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. All right. I think we made it through everything, Calvin. Man, I want to go fishing. <laughs> I really do. All right. Let's open it up to Q&A before we close out the show. I also want to remind you guys that Calvin and I will be doing a live at Royal Rebounds in about an hour as well. So if you have any Kings questions, just hold them back here in the chat because we're going to do a full Royal Rebound stream with all your Kings questions. We're going to talk about the coaching search. We're going to talk about some comments by James Hamm. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. But if you guys have any other questions regarding any team but the Sacramento Kings, don't worry. I love the Kings. I love answering questions. But anybody else, let us know here in the chat. And uh, we'd be happy to answer them. Man, Jose GTA, dude. I hope the Kings try and get this guy. <laughs> I, I love guys like that. I do. It's just, it's like the the underdog that you love to root yeah, for. Yeah. Uh, he's always smiling on the court, which I love too. I know people have got hate in the past. of Like, you smile too much. And that's funny. Watching winning time. That was Jerry West's excuse of why he didn't want to draft Magic Johnson in the show because yeah. apparently yeah. it's not real. He said, you didn't want to draft me. And he's like, yeah, you smile too much. You're having too much fun out there. That doesn't translate to winning. I lost this many finals, and now I'm angry. I got one ring, but I still have the nightmares at night and all this. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really go for that logic. I love guys that want to have fun. It's basketball. It's a game. There's a reason you do it. Um, I feel like it's the same for any career, right? Is you're going to be your best when you enjoy what you're doing. And I think a smile shows that we even saw Jordan smiling when he was playing too with his tongue. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how many times you saw Jordan smile in a playoff series until they won, but. All right, Flame Flurry wants to know, does Utah go into rebuilding mode if they get eliminated today? Yeah, I mean, yeah, ultimately I think they do. Uh, they're, yep. I think they fire their coach. They're going to have to make a decision between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. 
Um, and we could see both of those guys move potentially. Too. Yeah, like it, they they could have complete turnover on this roster yeah. going into next season. Yeah, it it's going to be a very interesting situation for them because it's like if I could choose between Rudy Gobert and you know Donovan Mitchell, that's an easy choice for me. I'm taking Donovan Mitchell every single time, but is Donovan Mitchell happy there? And if he's not happy and he wants to move on, am I building this team around Rudy Gobert? I don't think yeah, so. I, he doesn't seem like that kind of guy to me. He's so, so limited. Sure. Uh, I think he's a great player, but I think they overpaid him, and he's definitely strapping the team. And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to stay around for a rebuild either. Maybe he wants to go to a team like the Lakers for maybe a Russell Westbrook and a bunch of picks and some other stuff. Wow. That Who would knows? Be crazy. But uh, Utah Jazz are in trouble. They really are. They really yeah, are. Yeah, I think the writing's on the wall. All right. Key Kings, what do the Chicago Bulls do this offseason to upgrade their roster? They weren't fully healthy this season, so uh, we've yet to see their full potential. We had a whole section earlier on the show uh, talking about this, but Calvin is a Bulls fan, so let's do it again, Cal. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, they got to get healthy, right? Like this team when healthy was one of the best teams in the Eastern conference in a loaded Eastern conference. They were the number one seed for a good portion of this season. So I I think they definitely want to keep bring the band back for another season. Um, But yeah, they have to get healthy and Zach Levine is going to be their biggest off season um, issue, you know, re-signing him. He's going to have knee surgery. Yeah, it's the are same pay, need, right? Yeah. Are they going to pay him a max contract? If they don't offer him a max contract, will he go out somewhere else to take more money? Uh, so that's going to be a big, big deal for Chicago. But I think in terms of upgrading the roster, I like this roster overall. They just need guys on the court. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned it, it's not just the stars that missed a ton of games this year. It was a lot of their role players, too. Patrick Williams, only 17 games this year. And, uh, you know, I do think that some of their young players got some really, really good experience. Um, I'm looking at Io DeSumo for, uh, for one. This is a guy who was a second-round pick last year, really wasn't expected to do much on this team, but ended up having to play big-time minutes. In fact, started a ton of games because they were just depleted, whether it was COVID or injuries. And he really impressed me. He did not play well in this playoff series against the Bucks, But again, I think he got a lot of really good experience and, and he really uh, showed me a thing or two. So bench depth, uh, you know, maybe adding a, some more frontline players, a backup center, something like that in the draft or free agency. But overall, if you're able to re-sign Zach Levine and everybody comes back fully healthy to start next season, I think Chicago likes the position that they're in. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Zach Levine's number one priority I think you got to give him a max contract. And I, I don't know why they didn't work out an extension already. Uh, I'm not really sure. Um, but I, I well, think. Well, they did commit a lot of money this offseason elsewhere. Yeah, yeah that's you know, true. DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso. Th- yep. That was a lot of money they paid out. But I do think Zach Levine wants to be on this team. I think he likes playing on this team with these players. Unfortunate end of his season uh, due to the knee and due to uh, COVID protocols. I'm a little concerned about the knee injury just based on the fact that it's the same knee that he's had. And I feel like his game, yes, he's become an amazing three-point shooter, but his game is predicated on his uh, athletic ability. 
and you know modern medicine has gotten a lot better we've seen guys come back from these injuries and be the exact same person but it's still i'm a little worried about that um i think i agree with calvin the team needs to get healthy they need to be, bring the band back together i also you know not a lot but i have a little bit of concern about demar Derozan, and that's just based on the fact that he's getting older you know he's 32 already he had the best season of his career this season, the best season. Uh, he's been relatively healthy for his entire career. 76 games played this season, uh, which is amazing. But guys get older. Um, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, how much longer him. can he play at that type of a level? Yeah, next season. Sure. But I, I think for the Bulls to make a championship run, they need DeMar DeRozan to have an incredible year next year. And I honestly think he will. I just don't know how many more years he can continue to do that. Right. But a great team, high upside. I'm really high on the Bulls. I, I've been saying it all season long. I think that they were ahead of schedule maybe a year early. Um, but I would watch out for Chicago next year. Yeah, I really uh, would. I agree. Um, do you think the Suns re-sign DeAndre Ayton? Um, if not, where do you think he will go? That's a tricky one, Calvin. It's a very tricky one. Should they re-sign him? Yeah, I think they should. Um, will they? I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, and then, as, in terms of where he would go, if the Suns aren't able to bring him back, that really tough question to answer. I think at this point. Yeah, I'm just. There's pull, obviously going to be a long list of teams that want DeAndre Aiden if he's available. Yeah, I'm just pulling up his stats here. Um, I'm just going to throw it out here. I was not the biggest DeAndre Ayton fan coming out of the draft. I, I thought that Luka Doncic should have been the number one pick. Um, I think I was right there. But, you know, DeAndre Ayton has been a very, very productive NBA player. Uh, they made it to the uh, finals last season. I don't think they would have done that without him. Um, but at the same time, he's had some injury concerns. His second year in the league, he only played 38 games. He only played 58 games this season. Um, incredible player, average 17 and 10. Um, every team in the NBA wants a guy like that. It's just finding a balance of, you know, how much is he worth versus his production. It's unfortunate that they weren't able to, to work out a contract extension. And we've seen that create drama for teams in the past as far as like having issues re-signing him. He is a restricted free agent, so they can match any contract offer that he gets. And, you know, maybe if you're Phoenix, you say, okay, Aiden, we like you a lot. There's a reason we drafted you number one overall. We're just not sure exactly what your value is. So you go out, talk to a bunch of other teams, see what you're worth, and we'll match it. I don't know if that's going to impact him mentally um, or, you know, make him feel like, hey, I'm not the priority. I, I'm not a part of this team. I think if they lose this first-round series, that definitely complicates things. Um, but I think they should re-sign him. Uh, if I'm Phoenix, I'm giving him a max contract because I'm really already locked in here. I got Chris Paul. I, I got Devin Booker. It takes three pretty much to win in this league. And I, I think you got to take a guy that you just spent the number one overall pick on and who has been a really productive player. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out because Robert Sarver, who's the Phoenix Suns owner, traditionally does not like to spend a ton of money. Yep. So will he be willing to unload, you know, the dump truck, so to speak, for DeAndre Ayton? 
Yeah, if they make it to the finals and they win the championship like I predicted, oh, no questions asked. He's getting a max deal. But like I said, if they lose in the first round, if they lose in the second round, if maybe he gets exposed this offseason, or I mean, sorry, this playoff season, maybe they match up with a team that just, you know, pulls him out and just makes him not himself, that could complicate things a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you could potentially see that in the next round if it is, in fact, Dallas yep. uh, that moves on there. That's exactly what they've done to Rudy Gobert exactly. um, in this current series with the Utah Jazz. So, Exactly. And Aiton, don't get me wrong, can do a lot more than Rudy Gobert. But what Calvin's saying is center position. There's a lot of things you can do to pull the center out of the game and make them not as effective as they should be. Mm-hmm. And if he averages you know, 10 and 10 in that series or something, and they lose, or even if they win, if I'm the owner that doesn't want to spend money, I'm kind of like, okay, why is this guy worth $200 million again? Because the the difference, sorry, go ahead. Max contracts are one thing, but if you're the number one overall pick, that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, The difference between DeAndre Ayton playing the Phoenix Suns and Rudy Gobert playing the Phoenix Suns is DeAndre Ayton can actually get his own offense. Yep. He, he can score in a variety of ways, and he's going to have matchup uh, advantages all series long against Dallas's big men. So that and, is the, the one big difference. And there. Chris Paul always makes his center look yeah. good, right? Like even Tyson Chandler. You remember that dude in, yeah. in uh, New Orleans? He looked incredible, incredible. And, you know, no shade on Tyson Chandler. Love the guy. I thought he played uh, excellent in New York. Uh and, and was had a very productive NBA career, but Chris Paul, uh, point God, definitely makes it easier on his big men. That's for sure. Do you guys see the Washington Wizards trading Beal this offseason, or will they build a team surrounding him? I've expected Bradley Beal to get traded from the Washington Wizards or expected him to want or request a trade from the Washington Wizards for years now. And it just hasn't happened. He really continues to stay pat with the fact that he wants to be in Washington for God knows why. But I I just, at this point, I don't really believe it. It's kind of like the boy who cried wolf for me at at this point, you know, right? Like, (laughs) I I see him staying in Washington because that's what he has said over and over and over again. And he has backed that up every single year. I agree with now Calvin. whether they try or, or feel like they need to move on from him. That's a different question, but yeah. I, I don't see Washington doing that. They just got Porzingis. Um, they they have Kuzma, obviously, um, and they didn't. Re- he didn't. Beal didn't play a single game with Porzingis this season because mm-hmm. he's been out since February. But I, I think they they roll with what they got here again. I agree with Calvin on the fact that I've expected this guy to be traded for years now even when they had john wall i expected bradley beal to to get traded the only difference i see this season is that he's got a player option 37 million dollars for next year they have not worked out a contract extension if i'm the wizards i might be panicking a little bit here and i might say hey you know we john wall we paid this guy this much money what did he really do for our franchise right like incredible player but did we win anything no we paid this guy a ton of money and then he sat out years due to injury yeah. uh you know poor zingas bradley beals missed a lot of time you know yeah. as of late too poor zingas you owe him a ton of money he could be a similar situation but you know if i'm the wizards 
I don't have any championship aspirations right now. And that's the goal of having a basketball team in the NBA, right, is to, like, win a championship. Bradley Beal is going to need a ton of help for anything like that, even close to happen. If he's on the last year of his deal and, and he's like, hey, I want to wait until the offseason to figure out what I'm doing, he's not restricted. He, you can't match any contract for him. So I expect Bradley Beal to be traded this offseason. I wow. do. Okay. And it's just based on the fact that it's come to the end of the line here. If you're Washington, are you gambling on y your team doing well next season to impress Bradley Beal and get him to re-sign? But at the same time, if Bradley Beal's telling them, hey, I want to re-sign, I think he'll stay. But I don't think that's going to happen, and I expect him to be traded. You want to know where? Sacramento. Wow. I, I would love that. I'm not predicting that, but <laughs> I'm just saying I, I would love that. I would love that to happen. And I think it's possible. What's up, Steven? You're here. Trade Beal. John Wall sat on the bench. This, yeah. Yeah. Wild. Wild, wild, wild. I don't think he made $100 million this year, but. Pretty close. <laughs> I think he was making like $45 million or something ridiculous. I mean, that's not even half it, but whatever. Did you guys also hear about the Pistons potentially giving Bagley a three-year deal during this offseason? I did see that report. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, happy for Marvin Bagley. Like, he seems to have found a home there. And, and yeah. they, the Pistons played a lot better, you know, after the trade deadline. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good for him. Do they have yeah. an option? Like, yeah. That, yeah. What's really on this team that you're building around – uh, you know, they took a gamble getting this guy. They didn't give up a lot to get him, you know, to Sacramento. Um, and, you know, number two overall pick, I still think he's got a lot of, of good basketball ahead of him if he can stay healthy. We talked about yesterday the Joel Embiid situation, right, where this dude, you know, two years in, three years in, you're like, oh, man, they wasted a pick on this guy because he is just injury prone. He turns it around and turns into – would you say one A one B with Jokic, best yeah. center in the league? Not that Marvin Bagley is going to be that guy, but if you're Detroit, you got to get something, and he's pretty much all you got at this point. So I don't know what the contract details are as far as like money wise, but uh, I'm giving him a three year deal just to see what I can get out of him. I'm not giving him a max, but oh, uh, yeah. far think, from that. I don't think they're, but they're, they're I'm trying my that. best to re-sign this guy because I just traded for him, and he does have a high upside. He does. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you think if the Kings draft his brother? Flame uh, for Flurry. Uh, we are doing a, a live on Royal Rebounds here um, at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So that's about 45 minutes. So we will answer all your Kings questions then. Um, it'll be interesting, but, uh, yeah, we're going to have a fun time. Can't wait for next season. Let's fast forward through the rest of the playoffs. No, no, don't fast forward. This is the best basketball you're seeing all year. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. The more best time of year. Yeah. I'm I mean, excited. it sucks if your team's not in the postseason. I get that, but I mean, who doesn't love playoff basketball? Yep. 
All right, guys, we're going to end the show here. The bar is closing. It's last call. Make sure you guys close out your tabs. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode. As I mentioned, Calvin will be hosting tomorrow. I'll be on the road. I'll still be here in a limited capacity, but make sure you guys tune in tomorrow at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're Kings fans or if you're just Calvin and Barry fans, make sure you guys head over to Royal Rebounds. We'll be live in about 45 minutes to discuss the Kings coaching search and all your burning Sacramento Kings questions. Make sure you guys like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Thank you guys so much for watching. Have a good day, and don't forget to tip your bartender.